Hi everyone, Beth here. If you are struggling to find your homeschool vibe and are looking for ways to get your kids to get their schoolwork done, or ways for you to keep your sanity as a homeschool parent, or how to handle your many responsibilities while still feeling relaxed and loving homeschooling, then my book, Find Your Homeschool Vibe, might be just what you're looking for. In my book, I share how to shift your mindset to help you as the parent stay focused on the point of all of this, which is the love of learning. I also share some tried and true homeschool mom life hacks for every day. You can find the book in the show notes or by searching for Find Your Homeschool Vibe on Amazon. Back to the show. Hi, everyone. Before the episode begins, we just want to remind you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Look for Peaceful Homeschool Podcast. Remember, please, please, please rate and review on iTunes and Spotify, which helps the podcast get noticed by more people, which helps more homeschool families. Don't forget to check the show notes for other ways to support the podcast. Let's get the show started. Hello, hello. You're listening to Peaceful Homeschool Podcast. I'm Emma. And I'm Beth. And we have David... David, how do you say your last name? Uh, the correct pronunciation is Nekrutman, but you can just call me David. Okay, David. David, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, so first of all, thank you for the opportunity to share. Uh, I am speaking from Israel. So we're fulfilling the prophecy in Isaiah, from Zion comes forth the word. So that's first of all. Second. I really appreciate the opportunity to have fellowship with your listeners today. And third, to give you a background as to my heart with the homeschool world. Uh, my background is 22 years of serving as a bridge builder between Jews and Christians. I first did that with the Israeli consulate in New York as the director of Christian affairs. And then I moved to Israel in 2005. Back then with my two sons, I have three sons now. And uh, I served the Orthodox Jewish movement in Jewish-Christian relations in a position called in the executive director for the Center for Jewish-Christian Understanding Cooperation. And in September of 2021, uh, God put a download in my heart after seeing what was happening in the United States with public school education, how much um, Education about values that are counter to biblical values was being into the public school. Um, mm -hmm. I was really, I saw more, more parents pulling their children out from public school and homeschooling. And then um, I reviewed all the biblical curriculums out there and I saw a devotional approach to scripture, an emphasis to memor memorization of chapters and verses. And through my 22 years of engaging with Christians and, and Bible classes and so on and so forth, I believe a key to helping a child today with what he's being saturated, his, you know, he or she is being saturated in American society to protect them can be going back to an ancient way of thinking. I would even say how Jesus learned as a child and taught to the masses and his own disciples, which is a Hebraic understanding of what I would call the art of the question and developing that art of the question. So right now I am the executive director for the Isaiah Projects, which is a ministry dedicated to creating uh, Hebraic resources for Christians to discover the roots of their faith with a special emphasis on homeschool Christian education. So 
that's a, a short personal testimony. On top of that, I also received a uh, master's in biblical literature from Oral Roberts University. So my claim to fame is I'm the only Orthodox Jew to ever graduate from a theological graduate program in a spirit-filled university. That so, is so awesome. <laughs> That's super cool. So what, you said you have three kids. Can you tell us a little bit, obviously we have listeners all around the world here. We are in the United States, but we have listeners all around the world. And we've heard from listeners around the world can you tell us just a little bit so that we have some understanding of what the system is like there as far as you mentioned you don't homeschool your kids, but that the the school system there is different. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So first of all, uh, for your, your listeners from the United States, there's something called separation of church and state. And one of the big issues within the United States with religious communities is, is there a way to take the tax dollars and educate your children according to your religious value system. And often that's been been challenged over the years that you can't do that. Only recently there was something called charter schools, and then you have certain churches taking on the charter school system in order to integrate religious values into, into the study of a, of, a, of a student. In Israel, it's quite different. Uh, there is a fusion of what we call synagogue and state where you could take your, the, the currency is shekels instead of dollars. So we would take our shekels and we can then choose which educational system we want our children to be taught under. So that includes religious education. That means an integration of Bible, the development and, under, and practice of Judaism along with secular studies. But every, so there's every slice and dice of, of Jewish understanding and practice. And there's a school, school system that caters to that. So for one of the big reasons why I moved to Israel was my oldest child was turning five. I lived in New York. I'm a fourth generation New Yorker. And I saw what I saw that, that first of all, religious Jewish education back then, uh, this is almost almost 18 years ago, was around twenty thousand dollars a year. Just want you to understand how expensive it is to educate with with Jewish values. Um, and then that was just way too expensive to live in New York. So the question was, do we live in a Jewish community somewhere else in the United States or do we go to Israel? And when I examine um, the, what would be to educate my child, it came out that the expense was so great that I would have to eventually put them in public school and then educate them myself at home. And I felt, well, for I wanted to be a chapter heading in Jewish history and return home after 2000 years and be part of that biblical prophecy of the gathering of the exiles. So I felt it was better choice to have my children grow up uh, knowing that they're a Jew, being proud of who, they are, of, of who they are and making the choices they wish to have in life with the values that we wish to impart with them. And that option eventually came as Israel for me. So I have I, all my kids went through what we call a yeshiva, which is a Jewish parochial school. And in the morning, they have um, what we call holy studies. That's how the term is called holy studies. So you're engaged with the Bible uh, and so on and so forth. And then in the afternoon, secular subjects such as math, science and so on and so forth. And then Shabbat is the opportunity. The Sabbath is an opportunity that we review what they went over in the week and there and then we bring something new to the table in our dinner in our lunch 
to have this covenant get together every week with our family. So uh, yeah, so hopefully that gives you sort of a perspective of what it means to raise your children here in Israel. You do have that option. It does. I love that. And I love that you're able to incorporate that all throughout the week and even into your Sabbath teachings, like have, having all of that be part of it. It's awesome. You know, yeah. like, I, I feel like that's how we homeschool our kids here too, is that Beth and I, that, you know, we're able to incorporate things all throughout our lives instead of here's your specific time for learning and there's no other learning the rest of the time. That's pretty yeah. cool. Part um, of what being a disciple is, is a lifelong journey learning yeah it's not a six-week course and then you get a certificate um even jesus when he was teaching you know this is something that's a lifelong journey that's why this is a very it's very important discipleship i think is a key to helping our children grow in the faith i agree so cool okay so can you tell us a little bit about the program that you've come up with so again i want to make i want to make a clear to to your listeners mm-hmm. although i'm an orthodox jew uh it i want christians to be a christ-centered christian right and i understand the 100 percent belief in the divinity of jesus but also 100 percent of the humanity of jesus and jesus grew up here in israel where i'm talking from today um he grew up in the jewish culture the judaisms of his day but he was taught as a child in a, in a Hebraic manner. Uh, the way to look at scriptures, dissect them, and then take out the revelational nuggets, and then taught those. Like many people think, let's say, for example, the parables of Jesus. Um, a parable is a story form teaching that is very, very ancient within the Hebrew Bible. If you go to David and Bathsheba and that sin, Nathan the prophet, the way he is through a parable story form. That is a very Jewish technique. So as I said to you, I want to, what we decided to do was elevate the uh, Christian homeschool way of learning by fusing critical thinking and Hebraic understanding. And therefore, I'll give you an example. Let's just give an example for your listeners. And you don't need to know Hebrew for this. If you look at the first chapter of Genesis, you will notice there are patterns that happen on the first six days of creation, but does not appear on the seventh day of creation on Genesis chapter two, verses one through three. And the number one pattern you're going to see is it was evening, it was morning, and just insert the day. But if you go to the seventh day, what's missing is it was evening, it was morning, and it was the seventh day. You don't have it. I'll give you another another pattern that comes up. God saw. Well, there are days that are designated that God saw things and declared it was good. But when it comes to the seventh day, you don't see the pattern that God saw. God said, I can, there's actually seven patterns that you'll see in Genesis chapter one that does all, all the six days of creation. And you don't have it on the seventh day of creation. So whatever the answer may be, what we're trying to do is, is there a pattern? What is the pattern? And if it doesn't appear with the sort of the segue of things, why doesn't it appear? So part of the beauty of what we're doing, critical thinking in the Bible is we're looking at the Bible, we're, refusing, we're putting the art of the question together for the student, and therefore 
engage in what we call revelational nuggets, that there is something unique about the seventh day that is quite different than the other six days of the week. And part of that is what God is doing in the first six days of creation is he's taking chaos and making it into order. But we know at the end of the six days, everything was completed. So Sabbath doesn't have chaos in it because it already begins with order. So you can't have any of those patterns exist in a day that is not full of chaos. So it's just a little revelational nugget. Just looking at it simply, if you don't have any Hebrew or Hebraic background, but just looking at the text instead of just memorizing the text or how you feel towards the text, allow the text to show you redundancies, patterns, and then ask and answer the questions. That, that, is that helpful for, for the yeah. intro into the, the curriculum? For sure. And I think that it, I think that it really, I mean, I could see how that would really help kids and people in general, not just kids, but to really be able to, you know, kind of get in there and like you said, not just memorize it, but really think about it and really think about why those things are, you know, why are there redundancies? Why are, is this thing stated so many times or in so many different ways? And then why is this one day different? And you know, what, what relevance do we see in that? I think that's really cool because I think then when kids immerse themselves in that type of thinking, they're not going to remember just the verse or not going to remember just, you know, the basics. They're going to actually remember why it is and what it is. And yeah. I think that's pretty powerful. That's really cool. I like it. I'll even add something to, to just to go even beyond. This is where, because of the, of the Hebraic educational background, when we talk about the first day of creation, that God created light which is what happened on the first day of creation. Well, the question most people will ask is if, if um, first of all, when we come into the world, we come into a world of water, of darkness, of chaos. And the first thing that God is producing is something called light. So that, that word in English light in Hebrew is called or. So here's your Hebrew word for the day. In this podcast or ohr and and usually it's translated as light but if we're talking about a creation narrative and looking at this well we only understand light in the context of when the sun is in place we only know our evenings and our mornings through the sun if the sun wasn't created until the fourth day so what is this or so this is something what we call familiar words used in unfamiliar ways. This is that nugget I'm going to throw out with you right now. And when we're looking at familiar words used in unfamiliar ways from a God perspective, unfolding creation, that word or usually translated as light, we would translate it as linear time, past, present, and future. What God is doing in the first day of creation is many things. But one of the things is that he's creating a time construct. That time actually is divine. Not seconds on the clock. Not every second is the same. There's a past, there's a present, and the future. And that's God's grace and mercy, knowing full well he wants a relationship with humanity. He wants humanity to freely choose that relationship, that free will that a person has sometimes could be a no to God. But if there ever is a yes, 
whatever what the past was shouldn't overwhelm a believer in a God to think there's never a future. So here's your Hebrew word or OHR, right? Usually translated as light. And in a post-creation narrative, it is light. But in the creation narrative from a God perspective, because God is the only one who's doing this whole creation, he's using this familiar word in an unfamiliar way. And the whole creation narrative is about how he's setting up the relationship that he does, he wants of us to freely choose him. And that, that, so this is where critical thinking and looking at the Bible fuses, comes together and you have a deeper appreciation of who God is in his mercy and his grace. And what he's given us is this beautiful thing called time, that there is indeed past, present and future because in secular society, I could tell you this, the worst phrase a person can say is I wish to kill time doing first degree murder on time what did time do to anybody that we have to kill it right so so therefore if we understand that time is a divine construct which is what remember this is the age of, of of helping the child to develop these critical thinking skills but if we can use the bible as a way to develop those skills it enhances the relationship so for me uh, I want I want children who believe in God never to really use the phrase waste time or kill time. Time is just too precious that God has given us opportunity of we should be saying, what can I do for God in this moment? How can I sanctify him? Let's take a quick break. A family of blue people from the bright yellow planet take a fantabulous summer vacation trip all over the universe. Young Haeon gets kidnapped by giant rats, and the whole family almost gets danced to death in outer space, but they still manage to go to intergalactic beaches, county fairs, nightclubs, motels, and they go shopping. On the podcast, I'll read from my middle grade novel version, and I'll play songs from the album. So come here, Space Vacation, the musical. And remember, the universe is like a song. The universe is like a song. Yes. No, that's cool. I was going to say that, like, normally when we're talking, you know, I, I can just, like, respond with something. But instead, you're making me think. And so I'm sitting here thinking, and I was like... <gasps> like pondering all this stuff. But I love that too, because I think too, as kids are learning that they are using those critical thinking skills and actually pondering those questions and not just going, okay, I'm going to memorize this and, you know, move on. It actually means more and becomes more important in their life, which I love. Yeah. And like when I've read scriptures before and just when, when I'm reading them and I, if you just take it for face value that in our current in, in English, if we read it that way and we don't know the background on it, like it can, it can, we can miss so much. And so just to have them having kids know that there is, there can be deeper meaning and to think more critically about the things they're reading in their scripture is, is really awesome. Like, cause when, when I started learning more about different meanings and um, when I was doing my studies, like I, I was like, oh, oh, this, this could mean this and this. And, I, and it's just so much, it's just really cool to go beyond what's just written how it's written, I guess, how we're receiving it, how it's translated. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so I was going to share with you, too, that we in our homeschool group, um, oh, so we did not introduce ourselves in the beginning. So I'm obviously Emma. Um, I have two kids, three kids. I don't even know how many kids I have. No, I'm just so busy thinking um, instead of just talking. You're thinking, okay. about, you're thinking about the OHR. That I am. <laughs> I am. So I have three kids. My oldest is 20. My middle is 18 and my youngest is 12. We've homeschooled since the beginning. Um, and so I back, I moved halfway across the country um, about a year and a half ago, but Beth and I lived near each other and we raised our kids together for many years. And we had a giant homeschool group back there. And in our homeschool group, one of the things that was important to us is that we could get together with tons of different people who were from all different religions and all different walks of life. And we could have meaningful, amazing conversations about religion and about all of the big hot topics that are out there that people are so divided over and about politics and about all of this. And we would sit at park day for hours while our kids played and had fun and ate and did whatever it is they were doing. And we would have these giant conversations and we were kind and respectful in them and we could disagree strongly with, you know, with some people or we could learn to see their point of view sometime. But regardless, no matter what, we were still respectful of each other and kind to each other. And at the end of the day, we could say, I could totally see why you why you feel this way. And now you can maybe see why I feel this way. And we could leave and still love each other and, you know, be happy to get together the next day or whatever. But one of the things that we did through the homeschool group is we had a world religion day, which was super awesome because it was a way to present to our homeschoolers just a variety of religions of people that live in our area. And so we had um, religious leaders from different religions come in and kind of give, you know, just a quick overview of their beliefs and kind of talk on some big topics each. And then we had let kids ask questions. And it was really great for just dispelling any myths that were out there or any prejudices that were out there or whatever. And I think what you're doing, you know, having looked at some of your work and listened to some of your, some of the other interviews you've on that you, that you've been on, I think what you're doing is amazing. Yeah. And so I'm super, I just super, I think it's so awesome. And I love that, that you're like, you know, I want Christians to know where their roots are. And it's not like only if you're Jewish, you should be listening to this or, you know, whatever. Like, no, not at all. I love that you're like kind of of that same mind as we are that, you know, we're all in this together, no matter re your religion or, you know, beliefs. Yeah, just remember my my calling in life for the last 22 years is in, in, the, in, in the field of Jewish Christian relations. I went to a Christian university to understand you better Mm -hmm. as a Christian, so I can interface with you about having a relationship because I've always said to Christians, I can't be who I am as a Jew living in Israel to be who I am today without you and meaning you, the Christian. Right. Uh, there is this covenantal partnership that we have uh, to bring God to the world. And obviously there you're doing it through the expression of Christianity. I'm very familiar with the gospel of John. No one gets to the father except through the son. And I respect that. Uh, at the same time, I want, if it's possible for Christians to consider the roots of their faith, because Christianity is coming out from the womb of Judaism, um, Jesus 
was born Jewish, grew up in a Jewish household. Everything he did was in that culture and that language and the geographic location. So if you wish to have a high definition of understanding your, your own gospels and even the letters written by Paul and, and James and others and the other disciples, but all of them are Jewish. They're all writing from a Hebraic understanding. Um, so I just want to make it very clear for a Christian, the consideration that Jesus is still Jewish, I think is relevant for the conversation. And I think it could be a key in unlocking a way to elevate uh, Christian uh, homeschool education to what we're facing in a, in a uh, society of fleeting values and um, so much self-centeredness with how social media is presenting what they think the image is of how a child should be and everything else. And, and so, so more than ever, I think the techniques that you see present in the gospels, it wasn't, it was based upon the educational system of the day. There was always an emphasis in Judaism of education. In fact, Genesis chapter 18, verse 19, is the clue as to why God elected Abraham, because he knew he would teach about God to his children. Like the best thing you can have as a title is an educator. I love that. So if I look at a Genesis 18, 19 approach about how covenant was established through Abraham and then given over to Isaac and Jacob, and then we're, we're living in the expression and actualizing that covenant today, I think the miracle is that a I can have this talk with you in your podcast, but what I have seen so far in my own 22 years in serving this calling, I see miracles every day where Christians are discovering the roots of their faith. I see many Christians visiting here, um, and if I can serve in a way for you to be a better Christian, and I know that sounds weird, as a Jew coming from Israel. Uh, I then I, I've served part of this covenantal call that I have because I want you to be a Christ-centered Christian, but that Christ-centered Christian means taking consideration the roots of your faith at the in my humble opinion. Yes. Obviously, I, I don't think that's opinion. weird at all. I don't think it sounds weird at all. I think, yeah, I so, think for people to recognize that and be able to bridge that gap is awesome and not to feel, you know, we still see prejudices, you know, in the United States, I'm sure you see them there. And to be able to to be a key element in bridging that is amazing. I love that. Okay. Yeah. I just want Beth, you, you to did... know my heart. Yes. Where my heart is coming from. Because uh, although I'm known in the Christian relational field, in the Christian homeschool educational uh, world, I, I, this, is, this is where God is leading me. But I'm doing this with, Christian grandmothers, Christian mothers. In fact, the person who, who what we say made the uh, the match between us today, is a what is a Christian homeschool mother. So I'm doing this in partnership with the Christian Homeschool Mother Network or Grandmother Network. They were the ones who told me you need to come out and help and help us with elevating Christian homeschool education. Let's take a quick break. 
Hey parents! Yeah, you! Are you looking for a podcast your kids will really love? Well, we made one just for you. And for us. As genuine, all-natural kids ourselves, we know what makes a fun and interesting podcast. So we decided to make it ourselves. Every show is packed with interviews, stories, and on-the-ground reporting. We have interviewed everyone from scientists to Grammy Award-winning musicians to NFL quarterbacks. Listen to Wild Interest wherever you get your podcasts. I love that. Beth, you did not get a chance to introduce yourself. Did oh. you want to do that? My name is Beth um, and I've got two kids and they're almost, my son's almost 22. Ah, and yeah. um, it's crazy. And then my daughter just turned 18 and she's graduating um, this, uh, this in May. So yeah, so we've homeschooled the whole time and have loved it and are grateful that we've been able to do that. So. All right. So um, we all share the oldest child being over 20. That's what I'm hearing today. <laughs> My oldest so, is 22. Oh, so how old are your kids, David? So 22, uh, 19, and 15. Oh, okay. so pretty similar. Yeah. yeah. So Beth, yeah. you're almost 22 and just turned 18. And then mine are 20, 18, and 12. So yeah, very similar ages. That's quite a... And we're all entering those ages of how do we deal with kids as adults now? And yeah. Um, okay. So number one, I love what I'm hearing from you. I love, like, I super have a passion for just learning about religion and about how people, you know, can work together in different religions. And I think that was kind of an anomaly in that was found in our group back home is that people are like, oh, wait, you know, do we have to be Christian to be in your group? Do we have to be this to be in your group? Do we have to be this? Oh, can we use a charter? Or can we be a private homeschooler? And I'm like, you don't have to do anything, anything like that. Be a homeschooler who, who says, I will be kind and respectful and you can come. And we're going to talk about all those hard topics together. And we're going to, uh, you know, agree sometimes and disagree sometimes. As long as we continue being kind and respectful, you are welcome here. And so I love that. I mean, I love what you're doing. So awesome. And so you guys had mentioned originally that um, you guys had a, a special offer for our listeners. And so I, we're going to put that in our a link in our notes. That correct? Um, That's correct. It'll come through the biblicalexcavations.com and there will be a link dedicated to your listeners that they can okay. uh utilize some of the resources that we're giving out today. Okay. And so can you tell us a little bit about like the age range that that's really meant for, or who would that really be your program really be? So, so the curriculum is designed the curriculum is designed for, for high schoolers. So okay. you're, even if you want to start with an eighth grader, it's fine, but it's, you know, eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th. Okay. And then what we're finding right now is that many people who do home Bible fellowships basically want to take the curriculum and adopt it for their home Bible fellowship, which is nice. the next stage. But right now, right now we're dealing. So you should just know while we're talking right now, we're already beginning a intro to the parables of Jesus from a Hebraic background. Okay. So that will be coming out next year. Um, because the parable, again, they said to use a Jewish technique approach that is helping the 
who's listening to it to make an immediate decision. It's more than just the teaching. Remember, the teaching already happened. The parable is coming in to not uh, reiterate the lesson, but to, it's a call to action in essence. And the question is how, so that's where we're going to deal with uh, five parables. Right now we're thinking the book of Luke, but we're, we're going to recreate the world of Jesus during his time and what that meant. And then the Hebraic thought behind it, as we say, we call it second temple Judaism in academia, but, uh, but that's basically during this end of the second temple period. Um, there's a, there's different different thoughts going on, and uh, so we're going to introduce the world of Jesus during that time, and then do a deep dive into five parables. That's okay. that's the next plan. Nice. So, I had kind of looked at your information online. It seems there like there are various components to the program. What yes. what can people expect? Is it just a textbook? Is it just media? What what can they expect from that? So basically, we're doing a self-paced online course that will have a um, textbook study guide for half credit, a supplement for a full credit, along with 4K video teachings on location in Israel. Wow, which has That's never cool. been done for the homeschool. I, so, you I know, whatever you have seen on <laughs> whatever you've seen on CBN, TBN, and they do these teachings for different pastors from 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 Israel. Um, I I respect so much of a child trying to engage with the Bible that we we really wanted them to understand where it where it came from, and and here it is. So. We went on location and we we put we give you a little bit of background on the location and then we take the revelational nuggets in these chapters and the curriculum, which is entitled Your Sabbath Invitation, and then we give you a visual for people who sometimes don't work well in just reading. They need a visual to enhance the learning. And then on top of that, some people need the sensory of the audio, so we also provided a biblical nuggets podcast that's the title that. of the of that of, of the podcast so everything is centered around the chapters of the of the study uh and text uh textbook so that so it's it's taking in all senses possible besides taste but at the end we're also <laughs> going to do some recipes as well that's awesome. because part of because part of uh any anything about Sabbath has to be with family and community. So, and you have to bring your best cuisine to the table. So that nice. that we're going to be working on as well. That I love amazing. that. Amazing, it does. I'm I'm excited already. I'm like, oh my gosh, I would <laughs> totally want to. This, you know, as a homeschool mom, like we learned so much with our kids and have learned so much with our kids over the past 15 years. Like this is something I want to delve so deep into even though I've graduated one, he'll join us too. And so amazing. I love that. And, you know, I have a daughter with autism, my 18 year old. And so for her, anything that incorporates those components where you have a video, you have, you know, a podcast, you have other things so that it's not just trying to figure it out, you know, reading through the textbook and comprehending doesn't work very well for her. So adding that in, I think is 
excellent because it, it it can appeal to so many more people and reach so many more kids. So that's awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay, so um, we probably need to wrap up because we're getting to the end of our hour here. Um, what is one final thing that you'd really want to share with parents about, normally I would say about homeschooling, but about, you know, homeschooling with your program, about, you know, gosh, there's so much I could go into right here. One final thought that you would want to share with us. How's that? Uh, I, th I think the thought is that um, being an educator and understanding the role of what a parent is doing at home is such a high calling. And, I don't, and my, my perspective on this is that um, I want the parent to understand their significance in the covenant that's unfolding by educating their child. Because that you can't outsource covenant to a call center. And I would even dare to say you can't outsource it just to the church or to the synagogue alone, um, that Sunday morning in church is not going to maintain someone's faith. It will always come from the home. So although it may be hard to juggle whatever it is, and I, I listen, I know in my own life, doing, you know, my serving my calling, being a husband, educating my kids, it was, it was, it was, there was a lot of pressure. You're not always sure you're doing the right thing. No one knows. You're, you're really relying on prayer and that God gives you that wisdom. But the hope is through what we're introducing in, in the curriculum is not only that you're not alone, but it will tap into something that is deeply rooted in the soul. Because, again, I'll, I'll throw out a Hebraic nugget just for you to continue to think on this. Let me let, let's start where from a Christian would understand this. Uh, in the Gospel of John, the very first verse of the Gospel of John says, In the beginning was the Word. Now, before we go into the last half of that verse, which people will go into right away, why don't you stop and think for a moment? In the beginning was the Word. Like that's a huge concept saying for some before the world was formed. There was this heavenly word that a person could access. And in fact, in Proverbs chapter eight, when it talks about wisdom, it's talking about this heavenly word. It says, I was with them before the formation of the world. So when you're engaging in, in the Bible through these finite words, you're connecting to something that is the matrix, not to get Keanu Reeves on you, but the matrix <laughs> of the world is his word because it was the thing that was the blueprint that created the world and that because when you have that holy spirit engaging in the word and you have that light bulb moment like the 100 watt thing just went on your brain i got it well you just you just tapped into the heavenly word and i wouldn't even say more than that what what happened in exodus chapter 20 when when the word was given at sinai um I'll throw this, I'll throw this nugget out for you. It says, I am the Lord who took you out from Egypt from the house of bondage. I mean, everyone knows this is like the first commandment of the 10 commandments. It's the belief in God. But that word I is an unusual, uh, non-mainstream word in Hebrew of I. 
usually if you go to Israel and says I, can you tell me I mean Hebrew? And people will say Ani, A-N-I, Ani. Mm -hmm. That's I. But it doesn't start, the Bible doesn't start off with that word. And and here's your critical thinking moment. Why doesn't the Bible the Ten Commandments, which is so important, start off with a mainstream word of I, uses a different word, it's called Anochi. It's in the curriculum. But so so why would you why would God start off with the non-mainstream word of I if he's talking about himself? And, and the answer is, is that I in the context of the Ten Commandments is an acronym in Hebrew. It's an acronym similar to Amen. Amen, people who think that Amen is so be it, verily, whatever, whatever translation, it's an acronym of God is a faithful king. All right? In Hebrew. I'm just giving you the nugget, okay? And I think I hope your listeners will then replay this to get the nugget so they get this. So in Hebrew, Anochi, in the context of the Ten Commandments, is actually means this: I God give you my soul. So when you're engaging in God's word, not only you're tapping into the heavenly word, as you know, as a Christian from the gospel of John, but from an Exodus point of view, you're, you're engaging in God's soul. So you're having a God's soul moment when you have that aha moment that you finally got what's going on in the text. That is the beauty of educating your child with the Bible and developing those critical thinking skills. So that that's, you want to talk about the mission is I want, I want Christian education to have that God soul moment. I love that. Oh my gosh. That's more thinking so much thinking now. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. We have to wrap up. Um, David, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us again, the name of your program so our listeners can find it, but we will have the link in the show notes. Sure. Biblicalexcavations.com. I'll do it one okay. more time. Biblicalexcavations.com. You got to excavate the Bible to get golden nuggets that are there in the text. Okay, perfect. Okay, thank you so much for joining us. As always, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you so much. so much for listening today. If you find value in our podcast and would like to support the show and help cover our monthly costs, we have several ways to do that. You can become a $3 a month supporter, shop our merchandise store or our show sponsors, and rate and review on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you for your continued support of our show and for sharing it. Yes, thank you.